for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Now let's get back to the show. Anna is back. Mike is back. The American pro meet directors. And um, I was just telling you before we started recording, it's uh, nothing but positive feedback I got. And from, you know, not to like some of these people came to me in DMs, but major, you know, players, corporations, meet directors, et cetera. You know, people like in, in the industry have come in and said, look, they did a fucking bang up job. You know, particularly you guys said the in-house, we want to do something that people hadn't seen before, uh, a brand new flavor for it. And, um, and you hit it, you hit on all cylinders and, and there's, it's been nothing but positive that I've heard. And then I got uh, John and Andy on the podcast. Um, I haven't dropped it yet. Maybe by the time people are listening to us, they'll have, I'll have dropped it, but they were both saying this is the best competition that they've been to uh, personally. Obviously they're live as athletes. And they're both saying, I hope we get more. I hope people try to replicate this. It's going to be very difficult. And we had said it, you guys said it in your podcast. I reiterated it on that podcast that they're like, I don't know how with everything they put in, if you're even making a dime on this. And I'm like, that was, I don't even know if they are either. And I don't, I don't think they know. They don't care. It was about setting up a competition giving back, creating new standards. And if you guys can make this year after year, God bless if you guys are willing to step up to the plate, but that kind of working because it's nuts. So if you even make a dime down the road, fuck, hats off to you. You earned every penny. Because if you made 20K with nine months work, you're working so far, I believe, beneath minimum wage. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That no, is correct. <laughs> we could go to Walmart or we go to McDonald's and get benefits and more money that's right yeah. yeah when people hear like oh i heard this meat director walked away with this kind of money okay it depends on the meat they put on but for you guys putting on a meat like that you made like it's nothing nobody would dedicate the type of work you guys did for you know whatever money you might have walked away from this this was not that kind of project this was a project for the love of the game and you guys have said that going in and, um, and we're saying this coming out. So how did this thing go? What, you know, we built it up. Everybody thought that it was, it was amazing. It was a great time. What was your guys' impressions? You, whoever wants to go first. I mean, it, I mean, honestly, like me and her have had a, a vision in our brain for nine months and it's hard to put something together when you, it's never been done. So we just like been talking about it, but Literally everything we said we were going to do, the way we were going to set it up, it got better when we actually got at the event and we we're actually able to see it. And we were in charge of how we wanted the VIP tables, how we wanted the vendors, how we wanted the lifters to walk on the platform, off the platform, how we wanted the warm up room set up. Like every little detail that you would think you wanted to think of, we made sure of like we have to, if we were an athlete, if me and her were competing, how would we be like, wow, you know, and that's one thing that we made sure of, like, dude, we were running around like crazy, the whole event um, between the live stream, the, I was on the mic, I was in, you know, here, she was there, like, it was just a lot going on. I mean, it was, 
Uh, I'm still kind of like, um, for me, I knew that was kind of how it was going to go. And I, I, I knew just out of confidence that we were going to, it was going to be cool either way. I didn't know to what degree. And um, honestly, I think like the, the live stream, dude, I think hit like 80,000 viewers. Like, has that been in, yeah, like it's the live stream blew up, you know? And I think the fact that, that we are allowed to make something cool for the, the lifters uh, or for the, the, the spectators and the live stream spectators and make it free. Like we could have easily charged five bucks and probably made 30 grand, but like, that's not where our vision was. Our vision was how can we, so like, and I just had this conversation with another person. I'm like, you see so many big meets come and go. And it's like, they all put up these big, big payouts, 60 K whatever. And then they just kind of fizzle out because they realize, like, dude, I just lost 30 grand. Like I, mm. none of us can lose that unless we're as far as like us small business owners, we can't lose that kind of money. So when we decided to do this, it was like, all right, well, let's not focus so much on the payouts and let's just make everything else amazing to where next year we have momentum. Mm. Like, and maybe we get a big time company that is outside of powerlifting who is willing to put up big time money to where next year we can even do it bigger and better. And I'll be honest, like we did this with nine months. We moved, we're moving it to October, actually the weekend of my birthday. And now we have a lot more time to plan for it. You know, we're already starting now. Yeah. Anna, what, what, and, how was your weekend? <laughs> I mean, so exactly what Micah said, all of it. Um, I think some of the highlights for me was, like he said, it's never been done before. We'd only talked about it. So it was just whatever we were envisioning in our minds. But to actually see it happen, I think the highlight for me was once things started to fall into place and once they turned on the jumbotron and like the lights around it were red, white, and blue. And the first time that we unboxed the monolift and we're seeing all these things for the first time, then it became real. And like, we had so many moments where we were like high-fiving each other and just like, we started to really feel it started to set in. That was really cool. Yeah. Anna kept saying to me, she's like, bro, is this really happening? Like literally. Oh my God. It's it's happening. And then afterwards it was like when it was empty and we went to clean, she's like, bro, we pulled it. Like we, we actually did it. And I was, yeah, I was just, you know, I, I don't know, man. I think the, the live stream was amazing, but like the energy that was in that room, dude, dude. on Saturday, we sold 950 spectator tickets. I've Holy never heard of that at any, we couldn't never. even sell any more. The venue was the, the, they were like, we're at cap. Cause they have a lot of, you know, they're a real actual business. So it's not like yeah. keep packing them in. Like you can do at a gym. It's like they're, they have security guards. And, and I think that was another thing. Like the fact that we had real security guards, like tell like lifters were not ready for like being told, Hey, you can't go in there. And they're just like, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like a spectators, you can't go in the warm room. Like people were getting pissed bro because yeah. they're friends in the in, in the warm room but i can't go help them and it's like well that's that's what we want to create like you can't walk into uh the nfl locker room of the right this, the, you know what i mean like so to try to make it but just the for to the 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 energy i've never seen nothing like that like we had so many people in there that so we had the vip section down by the platform and we had tables it was nothing but tables 
And then the spectators general admission were like up on the other side. So it's kind of like elevated and sectioned off. And it got to the point where we had to let people down to the VIP section because it was so packed. I mean, there's a bar area, there's the general admission area, there's the VIP area on Saturday, all of it, like Friday was good, but Saturday, literally everybody was, it was crazy. All you would see is just the sea of phones of people with their phones out. It would look like you were at a concert. Uh, it was crazy. When yeah. Danny, walked down for his 1,075, it was like, he put you in tears type of feeling. Like, like he even came up to me and Anna were like, you made me feel like a superstar. Like, that's what, that's what it was. I mean, dude, there's, there's really not words to explain it yet. Um, just because it's so new. Mm. Um, and, and don't get us, don't get me wrong, bro. We had mistakes. We had mistakes on day one, you know? Um, but, um, it's hard. It's just so hard because this is so much going on. And the one thing we really wanted to make clear was standards on the squats on the wrap day. And we did that. We had like seven bomb outs, dude. Like I know. Everyone, I, yeah. Everyone came up to us or like, dude, thank you. Like, you know, no one was like mad. Like you guys, you, you know, you guys robbed us. Everyone was pretty, pretty cool about it. And then, um, you know, we had a, some few minor errors on deadlift but um on one flight but we corrected it the next day we moved the judges around as far as where they were sitting um because like they were sitting in the front so it's kind of hard to see big guys knees you know so we decided to just put them where we thought was best and we put them in the back so day two was just i mean um i don't know bro it's it's still like overwhelming a little bit just to know like what we just did and and here's what people don't understand is like, yeah, we have big team and we have this and that. And it's like, dude, we had a budget, bro. Like we, we didn't have an unlimited amount of budget where it's like, Hey, you know what? Here's 75 grand. Have at it, bro. No, we, we, me and her were like, we kind of have to be careful what we do. And the amount of people that just volunteered to help, like, don't get me wrong, dude. We wanted to pay every single person, but that would have put us so far in the red. We wouldn't have been able to do it again. And that was the one thing that I told Lana. I'm like, as long as we break even or like lose just a little bit, we can continue to do this. But if we're losing 10 and 20 grand, we can't do this again, you know? So, but it was just the amount of people that helped volunteered. I mean, it was, dude, there was probably like over 60 people, like quote unquote, for staff of this whole event, like from the bar, from spotters, from loaders, from this, from that, you know, um, it was just a lot. I think it was the coolest thing that I've ever been a part of, like in any event that I've ever been to. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was not a, a powerlifting meet. And like we've been saying all weekend, it's like, this is, this is now the American pro. This is its own thing. It's in a class by itself. Uh, yeah. Just it was a, even, a complete production, everything about it. And even Garrett fear said on the, on the, the day two live stream, he said, well, Angelo brought it up. He was like, and people say, this is not a spectator sport. And then they look because the 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 live stream commentator section was really cool. I don't know if you saw it. It was like up in the wall and they could see down under. But like they had a, a camera that would face this way and they could see in the back too, like what's going on. And they were just like, you know, everybody talks about powerlifting, not being a spectator sport. He's like, look at this. There's people <laughs> everywhere. It's crazy. And, I mean, um, we had some lifters that had messaged us and they said that most of the time their friends and family, they come to watch them do their lifts and then they take off and they leave. But 
almost everyone that came to the meet, they stayed from the beginning to the end because it was so entertaining to watch. And not a single person complained at any point and said that it was boring or that they only came to see so-and-so. They just wanted to stay because it was, the energy was, I mean, it was crazy. It was absolutely insane. They had drinks at the bar called the Three White Lights and the America Pro Shot. Yeah, oh, came up with signature yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Me, me and Anna talked about, um, you know, for next year is the winners of this year, they get their own signature drink. So, like, we're trying to work details out with the venue of, like, hey, um, John Hack gets to create his favorite drink. And we, you know, we get a video of him making a drink or whatever he thinks it's going to be. And it's the John Hack or the Christy Hawkins or, you know, the Blake LeHue. And it's like, those are the little details that I think. Like the amount of people that bought that drink, the three white lights and the American Pro was like, this this is the thing. Like this is a brand now. The American Pro is now not only a powerlifting meet, it's a brand. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But you guys yeah. did a phenomenal job in terms of um, well, first off, that's an that's an awesome idea because people watching will also, if your team hack makes if you put that ahead of time people will make those drinks, watch the stream, be like, I'm team hack. And, and if you, whatever, he hits a lift, you take a shot, whatever the shit it is, you can make it something. It's just what it's different. It's fun. It's, it is what it is. It, in terms of, um, you guys are saying you wanted to make it your own signature feel. That's exactly what John hack and any Wang were saying on the podcast is like, it was not like a powerlifting meet. It was like an, I was at an MMA event. Andy was saying when he was coming out for his last deadlift and he was going to hit that, 1000 kilo total he'd been chasing for years and he's 30 years old and this could be the, the last chance if he can't hit it now and he's like holy fuck and then he's going down the red carpet his own theme songs playing the whole night he's like dude it was the it was the wildest like the the adrenaline go through your body he's like i've never felt this before at any event um like that you guys captured it it was pretty crazy yeah, yeah i had a, i had a talk with john hack because that's one thing that we we always do is make sure like, hey, athletes, you guys okay? You know, how you guys doing? How'd you guys like it? Like a lot of people are, you know, this is new. So it's like the stress levels, the the stress levels of, of just seeing it when you walked out of the warm room and you're like, wow, dude, this is like, there's vendors everywhere. There's lights going everywhere. And I'm just like, what does it feel like to be under the platform? And they're just like, honestly, it's it's a lot, but like, John Hack told me straight to my face, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me for saying this, that he's never really been nervous since, like, IPF Worlds until, like, this weekend. And he was like, this is, like, the first time I've ever, like, been a little nervous, like, being on the platform. And I was just like, I was that was cool. That was cool coming from, you know, John Hack. Um, and the way he just performed today. It was, like, so crazy to see all these, you know, athletes, pros actually put meets together and like come up to us and be like dude we wouldn't have hit a 900 pound deadlift if this was at just like a regular gym like the crowd put in so much work like i was screaming at them all day like, <laughs> this isn't this isn't a library guys if you don't want to cheer get that go to the library across the street and they just kept bringing the energy all day like dude the deadlifts all you saw was flashlights like that's it like phones standing up like when world record attempts would come up, I'd tell the DJ, Hey, cut the music. And I explain what's going on. So the lifters know. And then we would yeah, just, yeah. we would just everyone stand up, they get their phones out. And it was uh, like, we literally being on a, at the end of the meet, we had the entire arena chanting American pro. Like we're like, you guys want to see American pro too. And literally everyone was like American pro. Amer like it was, <laughs> it was electrified. Right? It was, 
it was crazy. Like it, it was crazy. It was I had a- um, had Steve Goggins come up to me. He was there coaching some athletes, and he was like, "Listen, he's like, I have been all over the world since the '80s, '90s, competing at all the world level meets." He's like. If I died tomorrow, I would be happy because this meet was the best meet that I've ever been to. He's like, this makes me wish that this existed back in the day when I was doing my thing. He's like, this is just absolutely incredible. I can't believe what I'm seeing. And all of his athletes did well. I mean, every person that came, they all brought their A game. You know, how could you not? In a setting like that was crazy. The, the numbers that we were seeing was like, the fuck, bro? I'm like, dude, I suck at powerlifting. This is bullshit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's nuts what happened. Look, um, Danny Grigsby, holy freaking smokes. It's it's difficult to, like, pinpoint what was the highlight because there's so many highlights. So you know, many. obviously, John Hack doing his thing, came close um, to doing the eight. He was contemplating, can I do the eight, six, nine, um, you know, 800 squat, 600 bench? But, I mean, once the the 800 squat wasn't going to happen. He's like, all right, fuck it. Let's bring down the bench and we'll go all in and get that nine on the dead. But not still like you, you guys got like the best of the best showing up. And I'd asked him, I was like, you know, the, the money wasn't crazy big. And he, he's looking, John hack is going to collect the checks and he's and Andy and John were both saying straight up in terms of going to competitions to collect checks. It's going to be John collecting a check, maybe a couple of other people, but that's not what it's about. For 99% of people, that's not what it's about. And that's why when you guys decided, look, at, let's focus, let's shift focus a little bit here. And instead of putting it all on the check, let's, 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 whatever money we can scratch together, let's put it on something else. Let's do in-house uh, production on the stream, et cetera. And John Hack's the guy collecting the check. And John Hack himself was like, yeah, man, I prefer this. You know, he, go in he on t- this. He told us, uh, him and uh, Jawan were like, bro, if this meet next year has zero payouts, we're signing up. I was like, yeah. they ain't going to have zero payouts, I promise. And I think, that's yeah, why, yeah. I think that's why we started how we started, like, light. And I think now with making the live stream free and showing that people that we just hit 80,000, I think by this time next year, that live, because it's on YouTube, it'll be, who knows, maybe 200,000 views. And it's like, that's that exposure that we wanted. Like, obviously, if we would have put, a $10, even a $20 on the live stream, me and her would have made a lot of money, but powerlifting itself, we wouldn't have had 80,000 views. We'd have maybe had 20, you know what I mean? But then it's like limiting of like, what big brand is watching this or what, mm. what, who knows, bro? Like fucking it doesn't benefit can- the sport oh, at all. for yeah. us to do that right now with like what we set out to do. It didn't really align uh, to do the whole pay-per-view thing, even though plenty of people said we would gladly pay Whatever dollar amount you put on that, we would pay for it because it was that awesome. But we don't want the money. We don't care about that. We care about the visibility. We care about more eyes on the sport. And I mean, yeah, seeing 80,000 views just blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. I kept checking YouTube. I'm like, are we really having consistently throughout the day? We had 3,000 people watching at any given point, even during bench. People check out during bench all the time. Every time we do a live stream, it drops down. 3,000 people watching bench. And then YouTube decides to take it down. But luckily, Anna was able to get it back. They, they fucking yeah, took it. Disputed. What happened then? What, what happened? 
Man, okay, so we actually had our audio um, set up so you could hear enough of the noise in the background, but not over the top. Like, it wasn't crystal clear audio. We had the commentators, and we had their channel turned up more so you could hear what they were saying crystal clear. But every now and then, you know, obviously we had a DJ. Sometimes he would turn things up to get the crowd hyped. Mm. Um, So the audio levels would fluctuate in the background. For the most part, it was pretty good. but there was one instance where on day two, which, which was the day that had the most viewers, um, that day you could hear Back in Black by ACDC playing mm. just, just enough for like 10 seconds. And it got flagged by Sony Music. So um, it took it down and everyone was like DMing us like your live streams down. Like, yeah, we know. So I had to set up a dispute. And shockingly, it said it would take 30 days. Um, oh, fuck. I know. So I was getting paranoid. I'm like, dude, 30 days, this is going to be old news now. We got to get this up. And within three days, they actually responded to the dispute and they waived it. And so now it's back on. And I think we've gotten an additional 2000 more views since then. So people are still going on there and watching. Um, It's kind of cool because the, the live stream quality, people are just going screen recording it and using that as their meet recap videos. And so there's tons of footage of the live stream that's just circulating all over Instagram. So it's kind of cool. I think your guys' idea in terms of sustainability, um, I think you're right. Like if you try to go too big too early and you end up taking a bit of a bath because you're trying to please everybody. So you want to, you want big in-house experience. You want to give away big checks. And then you want also like cash in on like viewers. So you got to pay a paywall up, but then people aren't used to a paywall. So it limits the amount of viewers. Some people will be like, I want to see it but I'll wait until I see clips come out or whatever. Like, you don't know. So then you're like, oh, well, we lost, we lost viewership, uh, which can open other doors and get people excited for next one. And then like, I think you guys did it right to be like, okay, let's not go crazy big checks. So it's sustainable. If we take a bath, this is going to be very difficult to do this year after year, you know, just like, and then on top of that, what is more important, the early cash grab or to get the biggest amount of viewers possible. So the biggest amount of people walk away being like, holy shit. And then continuously afterwards, people continuously can go to the YouTube and keep doing that. I think you did it. Your decisions were, were in terms of sustainability, the best possible way to do it. And I think that might be where some people do errors. They're like, let's, they're looking at it. Like if you're only going to do this one and done, well, that's why these things don't last. You know, if you have a bigger, vision yeah i think that's the biggest issue on the non-tested side dude is is we just people come and go i mean like the only real big meat that still stands right now is um that's been doing it for multiple years is the ghost clash which they changed their name but alex is you know um the hybrid showdown too as well but they changed their names and other both doing something but like in the current obviously but who knows what's going on with that so it's like year after year you see these big money meets and then they come and go and then it's just like i mean i get it it's who wants to lose a bunch of money you know um and that was our one thing like we we like and that was the thing like the other partner that was with us they were like no we have to charge for the live stream we we want you know we're we're looking for the dollar amount and we're like dude like we want to build this thing to be something three years where it's like who knows where, where this event, like, and that's the thing, who knows where we could go from here? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows right now. Like no one knew that that could happen. And then it did happen. And then it's now it's a spectator sport. Now it's this, and now it's that. And it's like, 
what's where, where the fuck can we go from here, dude? You know what I mean? Besides up, you know, um, yeah. people aren't going to walk away from this meet um, thinking, wow, that was a crazy huge payout. I can't believe they gave out a hundred thousand dollars or whatever the dollar amount is. They're not going to remember the number on the check. They're going to remember the way you made them feel. And that's, what's going to make them want to come back. And yeah. that's what we did. It's about, it's about how the lifters felt. And I think we nailed it with everything that we did. And I, I wouldn't change anything about it. I think the payout was still pretty good. Um, considering everything else that we had, as far as um, what our expenses were. Um, and, and like he said, like Micah said, if there's lifters that if there wasn't a payout, they still would do it just because the experience is, was, was, well, not many people are going to get that check. Let's be honest. Right. Like, just, like it's, it's, it's 1% of the people showing up. Everyone else, the, the check affects so little of people. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. So that's not what people are going to walk away thinking about or talking about. And they're not. They're not talking about it now. And that's honestly another conversation that me and Anna have been having is, all right, well, how, how, how else can we get these pros paid without having to win, you know, first place? You know what I mean? Like, if you're a professional, you get paid, not, I mean, you get bonuses off of winning, but you're still getting paid to be a professional athlete. So mm-hmm. I think that's like next year, what we talked about is maybe doing like, um, ticket sales for the lift, for the, for the, for the lifters, you know what I mean? Just like fighters. Like if you sell a certain amount of tickets, you're getting cash flow coming to you. Stuff like that is what's I think is better than huge payouts. You know what I mean? Like, cause like you said, dude, there's only a few people that are getting that. And if John Hack signs up, it's kind of a wrap. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's, that's Where a wrap, son. Anyway. Up, it's a wrap, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, and then that limits people of like, well, which kind of worked in our favor because John kind of signed up a little late. Um, but people didn't know, you know, um, that John was going to sign up, whatever. And then he did. But like for me, if John Hack signs up, I mean, I'm a competitor. It's cool. I know I don't, I'm not going to win, but I know athletes are going to be like, well, I don't care. You know what I mean? You'll get those people that like, bro, you ain't even going to win anyways. Why are you even talking about the amount of money? You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's why we're like, we, we want to figure out other opportunities. It's another reason why we did the live stream free. Cause who knows who's going to call us and be like, Hey, we want to be a part of next year. Here's a quarter million dollars. Do what you want. And let's, let's turn it up a notch. And that's what we're waiting for. And I think that's, I don't know if it's going to happen, but, you know, I mean, we've had multiple big, big brands inside of powerlifting call us after the event and are like, next year, sign us up. You know what I mean? And we had over 25 sponsors and only, which was amazing, but the amount of money that we we, we basically collected was only like $16,000. So me and her had to come out of pocket around four grand just to, to finish the 20K off. Mm. Uh, but like, and that's just, you know, one of those things where you have some, some of these smaller brands, which is awesome, which is a, a huge thing for me is because I, I own a small business and it's like, I always want to have smaller brands be at the event. And that was one thing I kept saying on the mic without these smaller brands here, the payouts does not exist. So go spend some money, go do, go buy a t-shirt, you know, it goes one t-shirt goes a long way. So, but who knows who's going to be knocking on the door. And, and another thing is, is, who knows what the next pro meet's going to do, you know, like I already know the ghost clash, they're going to be doing it in, in a, a bury instead of a gym. So that's cool. You know, hopefully I'm not about like, Oh, we own it. We're the, we're the meat. Don't like, I, I love powerlifting. I want to see everyone get a little bit better. You know what I mean? And to where it's, 
it's cool, you know, um, for everybody. Yeah, we did this because we want everybody to, to, to do the same thing. We want people to raise their standards a little bit more. And I figure by what we did, it's just only going to encourage all these other meat directors to want to step it up a little bit and see the value in creating that lifter experience and the spectator experience. There's a lot of value in it. So, so a couple of things uh, to snowball off what you guys said. So, A, um, if people were wondering, if you don't put out the big checks, will the big names come? Well, you found out real quick they will. They're going to show up if they think the idea is gold and they're like, I want to be a part of this. I don't want this party to happen and I'm not invited. So, yeah, like the Chrissy Hawkins and, and the John Hacks and all the biggest names showed up. Um, but the people who were going to collect the checks, and that's very few, still showed up no matter what. And they still was checks, though, too. So let's not, you know, I'm just saying, in terms yeah. of where you allocate your money, like they, they still got money. But John said it wasn't about the money. It's about like John's got a full time job, man. He's like he loves he wants to be involved in this thing. And uh, yeah. B, in terms of um, in terms of visibility, it means a lot if you put up a paywall you don't know how much it gets cut down. And once visibility drops, not just from potential sponsors, but the community itself, they see clips, they see this and that, but it's not quite the same. Visibility is huge. And I think being, we need to maximize visibility, especially early days, um, especially early days when you're trying to get a buzz and get people like an impression going for sure. You don't want to minimize visibility at all. I think that was a good idea. Let's, let's have as many eyeballs on this as possible. You go on Reddit, you go on the comments, you go on, people are all very positive and a lot of people tuned in. And that was important when it's especially year one, right? Um, so I think that was a very good idea. And then um, in terms of um, you're saying, you know, other people, maybe copycat experiences were like, oh, wow, that worked. Let's start taking some ideas. You... If you're in a race and you're far ahead of everybody else, you drag your feet. But if you yeah. want to get pushed, your next event's going to be even better when other people are like, that was a great idea, guys. Anna, Micah, wicked. We're going to take this. We're going to do some things. Like, oh, now you guys are in meetings being like, next year, we got to go bigger. Next year, we got to... This is this is what competitive stuff. Look, you guys, it's the American pro. It's the American way. It's capitalism, baby. Free market. You know what I mean? You you let them come, and then you let them let them take what they think they could take. But you're gonna watch their events as well and be like, oh, I kind of like how they did this. I kind of like how they did that. How do we add on to their ideas as well? Where all the ships are gonna start rising, you know? Yeah. So yeah. someone said that to me recently. They said that you know the high tide rises all ships. So everybody is going to want to level up. And that's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. And we're always going to be a step ahead of the game, of course. Well, this is the confidence, right? And you don't become... Like there's good stress and bad stress, but the stress of competition is a good thing. I I don't got to tell you guys, you guys are athletes too, but stress of competition makes you work a little harder. You know, when you show up and there's nobody there, well, that's that's easy. But when you know you got a fucking scrap, a battle coming, now you're going to be working a little harder, right? And you guys worked super hard year one because like nobody's everyone's looking to just take away what you're working on so now you made an impression and it's like oh shit now we got to live up now people are going to start taking some of these ideas but uh, so it's like a, it's like you've leveled up you got to keep continue to level up yeah i mean we definitely under promised and over delivered with this event just because um you know it's we had to see it kind of come to fruition first before we could just go out there and say all the plans that we had, because what if, what if we get there and some of these things weren't really what we had expected? We might have to 
not uh, implement some of the things that we promised people. So we kept a lot of stuff to ourselves. Um, but then when it when it actually all came to fruition and happened, it all worked out and almost flawlessly. I mean, there's a lot of things that we want to do better for, for next year, but these are things that like Micah and I would notice about things as far as the spectators and the lifters, they had, they were just like, dude, this is perfect. But mm. there's things that we want to perfect for next time, for sure. Yeah. I mean, just, just being at the event and seeing things go on and like seeing, being able to process and be like, we should have did this. No one else, the average eye isn't going to know, but like, and everyone's like already like, hey, how how are you gonna how are you gonna, how are you gonna top this? How are you gonna top this? And I'm like, it's easy just because we love this. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's not we hard. Find a way. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I mean, there's already tons. And the cool thing is that the arena that we're that the the venue that we're in, um, we have a contract with them. So, but they're they're also growing it. They're knocking down a whole wall. And they're adding like. Um, they told me they're adding like, you know, when you go to like a basketball game, they have like bleachers and stuff like, so they're mm. adding like that too, to make it, make it even that much bigger to where they said they'll be able to add, I think like 500 more people. So I've personally never been to an event powerlifting wise, like besides like an expo, but that doesn't count. And seeing, I've seen like 250, 300 people like USAPL Nats was pretty deep, um, but I've never seen close to a thousand people at a powerlifting main, you know what Not I mean? Not paid. Like, yeah. And, and at $40 too, you know, like it wasn't I, cheap to get in the door. I want to ask you guys, is there a way we could calculate the gate? Usually. So I'm an MMA fan, boxing fan and something that people do like promoters do is calculate the gate. So just the gate. So just the seats in dollar, just the dollar revenue based off of those who bought tickets. Um, they do it for every like UNC event, boxing event. They announce it, and um, I'd be interested what the gate we was know on it. this. Oh, do you okay? Can you give the? Uh, can you disclose it? I mean, it was it was a little under thirty thousand. Yeah, be good for, for you guys. Yeah, and, dude, that's a, look at this is powerlifting. And, thirty thousand. And we, uh, the reason why we came up with the drinks, the, the shots, the three white lights and the American pro, um, is because we also had a $10,000 bar spend that we had to come up with. And if, if the spectators didn't spend that much money, we had to pay the difference. I think 10 grand for the weekend. We're like, okay, well, that's not going to be hard. Power lifters with access to food in the bar, we can make it happen. But sales were a little bit kind of lagging on like day one. So, we, we did the shots, we did the drinks. Next thing you know, we not only met our tab, we actually exceeded it. So we brought in like 15,000 at the bar. So, yeah. so, so this was on the fly. You guys are smart, but obviously, but like you guys are, that's an entrepreneurial mindset where you're like, fuck the tab, the bar is not really popping. What do we do? And then you're like, fuck it, let's make some drinks. Let's, let's name them this, name them that. Like you guys are quick. Yeah. On, that's what you got to be. If you're an entrepreneur, like a meat promoter, I guess you got to be quick on that. Well, we're hustlers. You know, we both That's own right. our own businesses and we had to build our businesses from the ground up just based on pure hustle. So I think we operate the same way when it comes to how we put together the American Pro and everything about it. We treat it like a business because it is. I, I want to see people start doing these events and start like releasing the gate what, what the gate receipts were and stuff like that. Like, like they do in boxing MMA and just like, it'd be interesting in looking at, cause we all see the viewing numbers on YouTube, but like, it'd be interesting when people could start pulling in. And that really is to do 
well at the gate. And that's fucking crazy for powerlifting. Because ordinarily yeah. you would say you're not going to make a dime off people watching powerlifting live. You know, you yeah. can't make a dime. You can't give away tickets. And you guys yeah. made 30K damn near walking away. That is insane for me to hear. So for yeah. you it, to do this, you know, you better have a kick-ass in-house. You better have yeah. a kick-ass in-house experience. Otherwise, it's it's you can't give away those tickets. Legit. Yeah. And Anna's already already working on doing like next year um, where you it's like you buy your ticket on like Ticketmaster or something like that to where nice. it's like you can literally pick yours. Like for the VIP sections, we're going to do them better. We're going to we're going to actually create like VIP sections like you would be in a club and then we'll have like the regular VIP tables. But it's like, oh, if you want to be right in the front, I want to pick this table right here. And then you pay X amount of dollars and stuff like that. Um, but, and we're also going to start doing some stuff with, with the athletes. We want to be able to like right now in our day, we have pros, but they don't get treated like pros. They don't get paid like pros. So as promoters and meet directors, I want to start calling us promoters now because meet directors is, is a different league. I think we're, we've kind of put ourselves in that league of just being promoters. And that's all we are as meet directors. And I think on the, non-tested side and in the tested side the pro professional powerlifters have done their job and it's now the promoters and the meet directors and spectators to give back to them as well and like next year we want to have like um like a meet and greet where people are, can take pictures with john hack or sign autographs or do stuff mm. like that that's just going to make them even more like even if it's a front and like people really don't want to do that but we don't know because we've never tried it we've never did a, a meet and greet like they do at bodybuilding where you can meet the pros and you can get pictures of them so until we do that who knows but i think that's another way to also elevate the sport elevate social media where now people are like oh wow i get to go meet da -da -da -da, danny grisby i get to go see his big ass hands or you know which he dude his hands are fucking crazy <laughs> it's crazy they're stupid but anyways just like little things like that where it's like oh wow you know like getting more pros to show up to the press conference like that's that's another thing like i really want to work on because i think the press conference thing is really fucking cool you get to hear stories you get to start some shit talk like there was there was two guys that were going back and forth and it was fun you know but we only had um and i understand as being a, a an athlete i understand after you cut weight you don't want to you don't want to go sit in a chair and ask questions but I think as pros, like putting a little bit of pressure on them to show up may may elevate the sport to where now we're doing like weigh-ins where they're doing like they do at powerlift or they do at, you know, MMA events, you know. Um, I think little stuff like that just to elevate that word pro and make these lifters actually feel. And that's what we kept hearing. You made us feel like pros. Like we actually felt it when we walked down the red carpet. Um you know, when the crowd was going crazy, when everybody was standing up, um, they truly believed from what they told us that they felt very special. So and that thing had a, a step and repeat banner that just had the American Pro logo. And it was in front of a little red carpet with like all like the lights. And that was the most heavily trafficked area no outside shit. of yeah. the arena. People were lining up to take pictures with their favorite power lifter right yeah. in front of that, or they were taking group pictures and like, you know, couples are there taking pictures together. It was like such a great, like it's all over Instagram. It, it was like, everybody was, like, was just glued to that section mm. lining up. Um, yeah. And that's, it makes, you know, John Hack, he couldn't even get away. I made a joke. He was standing there 
he kept trying to walk away, but so many people were lining up wanting yeah. to take a picture. I'm like, dude, you might as well just stay there because yeah, some drinks. Here, <laughs> yeah, just stand there and we will bring you drinks because you have a line literally forming around the door. Everyone sees John Hack standing in front of the banner. They all want to go and take a picture with him. So that kind of stuff is just, you don't really see that too often. I feel like for, for powerlifting, I think we get put in like this, it's like everyone talks about it. it's a sport, it's a sport, which I agree it's a sport, but um, I'm not going to say it's the exact same type of sport as basketball or football or soccer because, you know, you don't get 15 games or whatever. You get two or three. So, um, like, everyone's focused on making the meet shorter. But I'm a spectator. I'm not going to show up for 20 lifters. Like, I'm just not going to do it. I'll, I'll watch the live stream, you know. Mm. And I think that's when we, we were like, all right, well, let's make it a, a full meet. And we just got to make sure we can get spectators to be involved. You know, like we were throwing out t-shirts, like we were letting the spotters and loaders throw out t-shirts in the crowd. Like I, we went and asked all the vendors, like, Hey, you guys are going to give out shirts, throwing them out. People were going crazy screaming ah, for, for a free t-shirt, like, you know, stuff like that. And um, just, just, and that's what we did. We, we allow, we made it feel like uh, an event. And that's where I personally, think of powerlifting not as like basketball football i think it's a sport but i think it's more in a, an event more like a concert you know like people like they say or who's going to go to an eight-hour basketball game well no one but people go to edc for three days people go to you know a little wayne concert for six hours seven yeah, hours all so, night yeah you know, i we, like your approach yeah. i like your, you're yeah. right i like the approach where it's like if you sell it like a sport that's six hours long, people are like, yeah, I don't think so. But if you sell it like an event, you're eating, drinking, pictures, hanging out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd go to a yeah. fucking event. We had an after party afterwards yeah, yeah. that people stayed there for like three, four hours and everyone was having a great time. They were yeah, food. a they fight almost broke out. Oh, yeah. Well, there it is. That, a lot of action. <laughs> yeah. So it's very I, I, we didn't get to see it. I was in the back cleaning, but I, I heard it. Was oh, like, I this has it. to be on the live stream. We need views. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, why did we just cut the cameras? Turn That's the right. on. I'm like, all you motherfuckers are in here. There was like 50 people in there. No one had their fucking phone out. Like, bro, yeah. what the fuck? Uh, the one time people didn't have their phones out because any other time there was just a sea of phones. But that was like the one time and nobody got that on video. Can you say what happened? Or is it? I don't care. Yeah. Okay. So I guess um, Garrett and Andrew House been going, you know, going back and forth. Like, I mean, Garrett, you know, he he said some things on the live stream, so I, it upset Andrew, and um, which is, is is understandable as an athlete. You know, what I mean, you just worked your butt off, and it, it, regardless of if you're in the wrong or in the right, like it's still going to upset you, you know. So, and I, I'm going to tell you this right now, Andrew is a Big scary dog, looking. He's bro. dog. He's he looks like a monster from a fucking horror movie. Gigantic. Dude, he had blood at, at the after party. This is four hours after the meet. This dude had big old hole in his head and he had blood coming down his face, like into his beard. And I'm just like, it good, did bro? Be. He's like <laughs> I was yeah. like, dude, I'm like, you still have blood on your forehead. He was like, Oh no, he's like, I think that's a scab. And it was just like crusted up on his face. He did not mm, care. Bye. He's actually a really <laughs> cool dude once you talk to him. Um, but um, no, I guess. They were going back and forth on the social and then, you know. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was, oh, it was crazy a whole thing. On, it was yeah. crazy on, on Instagram, like going back and forth. And him resharing, you know, about the deadlift and Garrett going back and forth. And then I think, um, you know, as Garrett, if he says anything about anyone, he'll talk. He'll go up to you and be like, hey, 
you know, let's, are we cool or what? And I don't, I wasn't in there, but I know that I guess Andrew walked in and Garrett walked up to his table and was like, kind of, yeah, I was actually there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you can explain it better. Okay. Than me. I was, yeah, I was just sitting there at the bar and I see, I turn around and I see Andrew walking in and I'm like, Oh no, he's doing it. He's showing up. Like I, everyone knew the second he walked in exactly why he was there. And it was just within a matter of seconds. It was a brief interaction with Garrett. And the next thing you know, he goes flying. Oh and shit. It got physical. Uh, oh yeah. yeah he straight up like pushed him. He went. Garrett said him. he's never went so far. Like Garrett, <laughs> was like, I, Garrett was like, I fucking love it. I went flying. So yeah. far. Garrett's like, like, that was three way lights, by the way. Yeah. That, I would have passed that. That was well, that was well done. That was full extension of the elbows. It was uh, I do, I do give respect to Garrett because he got up and still went back to him. Like, you know, like I was like, bro, whoa, dude. Like if that dude came up to me, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm going the other way. You know what I mean? Yeah, He's no scared. Way. So Did we had, you know, a little bit of excitement with that. And that was pretty Did it just get that. split up afterwards? Like who split it all yeah. up? How did it resonate? The power lifters, bro. Power not lifters. Security. Not the not security, security guards. Power it was lifters. our own power lifters that were it there. Was just that all, it was like six of them. They just. They just got in the middle and they, yeah. you know, that was everybody it. calmed down and then everyone started having drinks and everything was fine. They so were still in the same room afterwards. It was yeah. just like, no shit. yeah, it was, it was kind of like it happened and then it was over with. And I think they've talked on Instagram now from what Garrett said on his story that they kind of came to an understanding and it's kind of like blown over for now. Um, at least I hope so. But even stuff like that, bro, like, I would like to see that shit at a press conference, you know? Like, I was just about to say <laughs> like, that, that like, that's what we needed at the press conference. Exactly like, that. Seeing, like, I mean, think about it, like Conor McGregor, like if we had someone like him, you know, um, if I had to put a name on it, it'd be like Derek, you know, he does not care. I really like Derek. First time ever. I didn't realize how fucking big he is for how young he is, dude. He is He's massive. massive. Yeah. We, I shook his hand, you know, and I, I put my hand around his back and I'm just like, how are you 20 something? Dude? What the he's, fuck? Derek fixed Thistleweight 22 broke the all-time world record as a junior. He's still a junior and yeah. he's, a, he's a monster man. He's, he's massive. Yeah. And he wanted to keep it on the low. That was the guy I brought up and I was like, somebody's showing up, you, you know, he wanted to, he kind of just showed up to Wade's, but um, yeah, I mean, he's dude, he's, he's he was awesome. He's good. Yeah. yeah. And I just like his, I like his attitude. Um, I like his realness and, I think that would be someone that could stir up some stuff at like a press conference, which would be entertaining. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I told people at the press conference. I'm like, dude, I'll bring up certain stuff. I'm I'm not going to be your friend for the press conference. I want to get people and like get spec spectators involved, you know, like asking real questions and, and trying to get some type of hype. And I'm, I'm sitting over here and I'm MFing you and like, or, or whatever, you know, just like how it is in MMA. That, that's just mm. as a spectator, that's, entertainment and it's cool regardless of if it's real or not that's you know like wwe dude that's cool to me like i grew up watching that stuff so um it, it'll be it'll be so here's where it'll get to like you'll get to a point and this is like like mma and boxing gets to as well we're like all right if this is going because because you also don't want to get out of control where people like putting hands right. on someone too much like one guy's way bigger than the other guy and it becomes like holy shit or like uh yeah. people people start being like i can't show up at an event or else someone could put hands on me so there's got to be some kind of understanding as well but i do get where like mma boxing they have a con it's like a controlled chaos situation um you know at the stare downs or whatnot it, but you also but they're not fighters they're power lifters some people 
might be like, if it gets too intense, I'm not going to do the event because I don't want to get tossed around. I just lift weights. So, you know, so yeah, yeah I don't know. It is. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. I understand what you mean. Where um, it's it's getting close, toeing the line to the MMA boxing, but you're also like you want to make it comfortable because they're not fighters, and it's yeah, some people that wanna... there could be size discrepancies like crazy in our sport. <laughs> so yeah, we don't we don't want to see people actually getting pushed, but more like conversation. Like hey, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You, you've been I got you. high in training. How do you think you're going to act tomorrow? Like right, up, yeah, yeah. Like, the the banter, like that, banter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I got like, you. You piece of shit and like, yeah. like, show you, like that would be like whoa 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 all right guys like you go home no, that's all home. friendly competition right 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 yeah it's a uh, yeah i mean it's it's i can't believe it. it sounds like it was a wild night right all the way through i'm glad it got resolved uh between garrett and andrew i didn't i didn't i knew there was something but i know like just how deep it was but yeah yeah, yeah it is it is what it is man this is yeah. this you uh, know it was a wild event. I want to ask you, okay, so I asked you about the, the gate. Uh, we talked about, sustain- oh, the budget. You guys had mentioned the budget. Um, so with how, how did you work out the budget? Did you, like, what was the budget? And did you guys end up breaking even? Is it, where are we looking so, at? Is it? So in, in total, dude, like, just talking numbers um, off the top of our heads, like, honestly, we just, we knew it was going to be expensive. That was like, so every time we like called a company for chairs, we're calling six, like the, the, the uh, video walls. Those are so expensive. I don't think mm. people understand. And ours were 16 feet in the air. It wasn't like a 10 by 10. Like they were crazy, dude. And, and it was just that right there, the video walls, like it was insane. Just being up there as like on the mic, just looking up and seeing a big old picture of like, Danny Grisby or, or whatever was just like, but even that right there was almost 10 grand. You know what I mean? Oh, just to, damn. You know, just to rent. So I, I think in all, dude, um, you're talking like buying a mono, buying this, buying that, like you're a, a little under, I don't want to say a hundred K, but probably more like 75,000 is what like that event. And, and honestly, we, we spent every dollar from the entry money and dude, the entry, the entry forms were, 185 coaching passes were 60 and we knew like this is a stretch it's the first time making a coaching pass 20 dollars more than a spectator pass like but we knew like all right well we're trying to build a standard of like this is what it's going to be you know um like bodybuilding dude bodybuilding is so expensive even for the pros so it's like um you know we spent all of that the only way we were like we may have a chance to make money was based off of spectators. That was it. That was like going into this. You're like, like, and we did pre-sales, you know, we were like, Oh man, we we, like before the event, I think what, uh, it was like a little under 10 grand or something before Um, the actual event or what? Yeah. Before the actual event, we had our online sales. I think they were like nine and change. Um, Yeah. So we were able to just from people showing up like, 20,000. And I'll be honest, when Anna told me, I asked her, I said, Hey, uh, where are we at at the end of the event? Cause we had no idea. I didn't even, I didn't know. I didn't like, I could tell kind of like, Oh, there's a lot of fucking people in here, you know, but I had no idea. And she was like, dude, we did da, da, da. I was like, wait, what? I was like, are you sure? And you know, I was like, wait, you, you mean three, 3,000 or no. She's like, I was like, wow. You know? Um, and at, at the end of the day, um, we're able to take home a little bit of money between me and her. Like, but again, it's not, 
I mean, we, we split like five grand, you know, like all that door money and everything else we had to take into account money that we fronted, you know, I mean, some things I didn't even add into that, like the monolift. I just bought that. Like that was just a one digital expense. A lot of things we paid for just out of our own pockets. Um, so just to try to offset because we didn't want to be in the red too much from money that we made at the door. So, but there were still some things like the chairs and paying out the staff and everything else. So by the time all that was said and done, you know. We and that money that we, we made, we, we agreed that we're going to, you know, it's tough with ghosts not being a thing anymore. Like as far as custom stuff, um, we're going to try to find someone to either sponsor if we have to. We want to have matching uh, equipment in the warm room as well. I think that just takes it to the next level is, is being equipped fully. You know what I mean? Like we're decked out like that mono people don't understand is ghost is so it's, it's crazy expensive. Um, and that mono we, we customized so much that I think it was like, I don't know, seven grand or whatever, yeah, but it was almost it's 8, literally put up for the meat box back up and it's in her garage and it won't be used until next year. We only use it for that. And the bookie bars got those two and same thing. Everything is just going to be dedicated for the American Pro. So there's not going to be other people using that monolift or anything in between. So it's strictly every year it'll just it'll just come out. So I think for a lot of people, they'd be surprised when they hear these numbers because they don't know. And people talk about like um if you talk about a gate that's thirty thousand, they're like, Oh fuck, you guys must have made they don't know how quickly money adds up on the budget side that you're owing until you said, like, for instance, you like that big ass TV screen. That was 10 K. That was 10 yeah. K. Do you like, you know, you like this, you like that's like, they don't, I don't think people realize how much in the red, how quickly you can get in the red. And then, um, you know, people will talk about and rightfully if, if, a, if a promoter's making a lot of money and relying on, you know, volunteers, it's one thing, but when it's like, Listen, if we got volunteers, we're volunteers. Like, like if we got money, we're talking about profit sharing. It is, you know, we're all on the same level here. This isn't a, you know, sometimes people think everybody makes a killing, walks away and is like deuces to the staff that volunteered and just like, you know, worked you all weekend when it's like, that's not, that might be the case for some competitions. Okay. But just, I want, I'm glad you're on here that you could say like, here are the numbers forthright totally transparent here's where a lot of the money went and like um you know we were all volunteers nobody was making dough here so we're all the same it was literally just on the same page there um and it's important you know it's important for people to hear that because some people walk away with stories in their heads man they don't know how quickly this this decides yeah we were in there we were you know one of the last people to leave every night i was going to bed at three o'clock in the morning and having to get up at four and get up and get ready and go right back to the venue so it's like non-stop working all weekend long so if you really were to add that up hourly i mean that's again it's not something that we did because we expected to get paid well and do this you know the return is coming in other ways but you know mm-hmm. i'm a believer that down the road the money will come we just need the eyes we need the visibility on the sport and i'm not worried about the money right now um but yeah i mean we we bust our ass for like at the end of the day nothing if we're talking about money yeah yeah and don't get us wrong bro we're not one of those meat directors and, and promoters to be like you know um we lost it like this is a business also. And we, we, we just see potential of like, all right, well, if we made on our first one, we made a little bit of money. All right. Well, 
maybe next year we'll make double of that. And, and, you know, we do want to make money. I mean, no, of course, people who say like, I get it. Like for us, it's not for the money right now, but if we could do both and do what we love and actually make money, then we're all about it. You know, it, it will bit, happen. It will and, happen. And, just, and that's what we think. We think that the reason, the way we did it and um, it will come and we're having some big changes outside of the American pro that we learned from this event for pro level meets um, for the WRPF as well that we're adding. Um, we had big conversations about it, you know, just to, if there's a bad call, there's ways to make it not a bad call. And it's one of the things that the IPF and the USAPL does, and that's a jury. And that's right, one right, thing right. that is expensive. And that means you have to have X amount of judges, but me and Anna got on a call and we talked to people and we think that if we want to continue to have meets like this, it's a must. Having a jury is, is a must and not only a jury, but an instant replay jury. That's also right. something that we want to do. And it's just going to cost a lot of money for that. So um, we're, we're adding that as, as far as starting January 1st, the WRPF at nationals and pro meets is mandatory to have a jury. And on uh, pro meets, we're having an instant replay jury as well. So I think that's going to be huge on the non-tested side. Um, honestly, you're, you're probably the first person even to hear about this. Um, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, we've but, only talked about it internally. But yeah, yeah with the technology think, that we have with the live stream capabilities and the, we can already do instant replays, it only makes sense to you know use that technology along with the jury and make it like any other professional sport where they do have that ability to do an instant replay and have a jury. And I also think like, it's not only about like, Oh, if that was a bad call, I think it makes it being at USAPL Nats and seeing the coaches go at it is fucking cool, dude. Like it's cool to see like, that was a bad call. I want to go to the jury. I don't like that shit's cool. You know, uh, yeah. I think it makes the sport more of a sport, more interesting, more entertaining. Cause it's like, Oh shit. And so-and-so just did it. And you know, we, we don't have details on it yet. We have to do a lot of digging and we want to dig into like the, the USAPL rule book and also weightlifting rule book because their, their rule book is, is real deep. And, and we just want to, that's why we're not doing it right away. Like we could do it at our nationals coming up, but it's like, we want to make sure it's right and come correct so that there's no big issues of when we make this change. But we've talked to a lot of the lifters and we were like, what do you guys think? And they're like, dude, that would be, and that's one thing that we're trying to do is, is involve more of other people's opinions and let them know that we're actually listening to them and not just like me and Anna all of a sudden are like, you know what? I think it'd be cool if we had a jury just because uh, it would look cool. No, I yeah. think it would be actually be beneficial and it'll just level up the sport. You know what I mean? More, we're more professional to be on that level of like any big sport has red flags or challenges or fouls or whatever. So why can't we do it? And to add the instant replay, I think would be even better, bro. It would look cooler. It would be awesome. Um, how are we going to do it? I don't know, but we're going to have to figure that out, you know, with the right people asking the right questions. I think we could really come up with a really cool system. You know? Yeah, I mean, if, if this is, if you see an issue, all you could do is try to address it, like you're saying. And I like the fact that you're like, we're not rushing in. Don't do snappy rush decisions in terms of pressure on the outside. Like you guys aren't, you're not doing that. You're not, obviously you're taking your time with it. So you do it right. And this is where it becomes sustainable once again. Um, and doubling back in terms of making money for sure. Businesses, when you start up, I think that's the thing where people are like, 
um, you got to make money the first year. Well, not many businesses do that. The first year might not make money. Break even. That's amazing. That's the first goal. Hit it, knock it out the park, break an even. And then after that, now sustainable, you start making money the next year, the next year, more, more, more. Um, so you guys are doing everything right, man. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, um, and yeah, for sure, if you get a jury and equip them with slow-mo, then what else can someone do? Even if it's still controversial, there'll always still be controversy because it's sports, right? This is, there'll always be people talking about it somewhere. Just like there was people at the barbershop before there was uh, social media arguing about, did you fucking see that strike? You know, arguing about the strike zone. Um, it, it, uh, at the very least, you could say, look, it, it went through the judges on the floor and then it went through the jury in a slow-mo review. What do you want? All the officials yeah. said. All the officials yeah. said, what do you want? That's the best we could do. And if you're still upset, at least you went through two different channels with slow more review. What can I tell you? Or that's yeah. the best you could do. There, you'll never, you'll always have some controversial calls, but at least, yeah, but there's nothing else, man. Yeah. I think it would just be cool too, dude. Like, like I said, uh, USAPL Nats, like seeing, like watching that battle between Deuce, Sean Noriega and Angelo, like if they, if they didn't have a jury, Deuce would have got second. And he ended up mm. getting fourth because of the jury like that. I don't think that that like some people like they say what they want to say about the jury. Like you're soft for doing that. But I think like it's a sport, dude, we're here to win. So it makes now the coaches on the non-tested side have to level up and pay attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that that's something that is is cool. I just think it'll be interesting to, to see. And I think it'll be entertaining for everyone and be like, oh, damn, fucking blah, blah, blah. Just did this. And uh Oh, you know, it just changed the entire me. It changed the whole day, just like one flag or or whatever. You know, I think it'll just be entertaining. You know, well, if you're the if you're on the platform as a ref, how many times do you want your call to get overturned? You're you're leaning in, you're paying attention, and if you're not on the same page as everyone else, you're like, why am I not on the same page? And you'll have that discussion now because you don't want your calls being overturned all day. You know what I mean? So you're getting forced to review yourself a little. You'll self audit a little bit and be like, what's going on here? Let's get on the right. same page and maybe, maybe have a conversation in between the session or in between the events. And you're like, what's going on? Well, I got three calls overturned here. What's going on? And and maybe you get on the same page. It instigates that in for that conversation. But yeah, I mean, and with slow-mo replay, you know, I I've been in how many fucking IPF world championship events I've commentated at this point, how many sessions? Cause they're like 12 days long, you know, all day. So the amount of sessions I've commentated on and um, how many times I see a lift, and I'm like, I don't know. It was so quick. Some of them are so quick and it's right on the border. I'm not sure. And I got to look at that slow-mo replay and I'm like, well, fuck, that's way easier for me. Like whoever was on the floor, it kind of is what it is at times. You had one second. Whereas if you got the right. slow-mo, slow that down. For me. Pause right there. Oh, yeah. that's, you know what I mean? It's it just, yeah. Oh, I, it judging's helps. hard. It's, it's, it's a tough job and people always just want to like bad mouth it. And it's like, Dude, half these judges are volunteering, you know, um, they're driving, they're flying to just get yelled at. Or even if I gave you a white light, like it's still like you shouldn't have gave me what you shouldn't get. What do you want? Do you just not, not want me to fucking show up? And that's what yeah. we're trying to do, you know. Um, so there's always going to be someone trying to stir the pot or who's jealous or whatever, um, you know, but. I think the best thing we could do is just continue to try to get a little bit better after every event. And I think this will really like, if we had it this weekend, things could have been different and things could have got crazy and things could have, you know, made more interesting. So, um, but I, I think there's a level of it and there's gotta be, 
a control on who and when you can do it. Cause like, I could see it being a thing where it's like, now it should have been a good lift. Like, you know, and I know that the USAPL, I think they, you have to like pay money and then if you get it, you get it back. So that's like, right. Yeah. The IPF has that as well. I'm not yeah. sure if the US probably there's, there's something to slow it down. So it doesn't yeah. slow down the actual everybody's yeah. fucking contest. Yeah. And I like that idea. Cause then it's like, you, you sure you want to do this, bro? Yeah. It's conviction. Awesome. You're putting your money where your mouth is literally. Like yeah. you must have, you must really think you're going to get this. If you're going to put a hundred dollars, it's not crazy, but, and you'll yeah. get it back, but you must really think you're going to get your hundred dollars back. Yeah. You know, unless some That's asshole it. pays a thousand dollars to do it every time or something, and he's yeah, like <laughs> sponsor the meat stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some sponsored <laughs> athletes coming in, but uh, one thing that 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 reminds me um, that I thought was probably I don't want to say the coolest thing, but on my like top five this weekend, um, this was before the even meet started. Um, you guys know who Dawson is. Um, I forget his last name, yeah. Dawson, Windows. redhead, okay, coach yeah, by yeah, yeah. kids, awesome, young. So he, he walks in to get his rock heights on, I want to say like Wednesday night or something, right? I'm just sitting at the bar eating a meal because we're just taking a break real quick. And he comes up to me and he's like, dude, the craziest thing just happened to me. And he's like, everyone knows about this fucking meat. He was like, I was just, at, I can't remember if he was at the barber shop or the grocery store or something. And someone came up to him and was like, Hey bro, you're going to be at the American pro, like just no a regular. Shit. And he was like, when he, he came into the event and he told me that, and he was like, that's when I knew this was the real deal. Like, and I was like, I was just overhearing him talking to Bama and I'm like, wait, what? And then he that's told me and I was like, damn, bro, that's crazy. Like everyone, like regular ass people knew about this event. Like that's that pretty cool. He was like, that was pretty cool. Like that was one of those moments where it was like, damn, that's that's where we went outside went. the venue. They actually had posters. It used to be a movie theater. Yeah. So they still have the old school set up with the posters outside. And there was an American pro, one of the posters that I made for the event, actually there framed up on the outside. So that was really cool. Also yeah. another opportunity for lifters coming up to see that. And they were all taking pictures of it. And they were, you, you immediately get hyped up because as soon as you walk up to the building, you see that. So it's like, it's yeah. on. Like a movie, you know, it's like the American pro. It had like Christy Hawkins and, and uh, what was Danny. it, uh, Dan, Danny Grisby? And yeah, like, I remember that post. People, I seen it. People kept sharing it and was like, that's the first thing they saw when they showed up. They're like, this is fucking cool. Like, yep. that's me, you know? It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Those are the little wins you guys got to cherish along the way that, like, those are the little moments that, like, when you put in nine months and the night's going to go by so quickly, but the little fucking wins where you're like, yeah, all right, we did good there. Or like, oh, this is pop, pop it off. But you you pull it out just like the bar situation. We're like, what are we going to do? Um, we, we're, we're, we're past an hour now. I want to, we'll do a quick review. We're not going to do like a division by division or anything like that, but just a couple highlights because we've got you on. Um, I think, obviously, Danny Grigsby's uh, you know, 1,075 is was fucking phenomenal. That, that was a crazy for me to see um, off the top of my head, seeing Andy, whom I've had on the podcast a million times. By the way, Mike, I told him, did you know a little piece of trivia that Mike was the very first um, KOTL podcast guest? And he goes, I do know that. And I remember that podcast. And he's like, I, I, he's, he's like, I remember when it was happening. It was the first one in powerlifting motivation, whatever, like we're sharing it. He's like, I remember that, that happening. But, uh, yeah. but anyways, um, 
him hitting a thousand kilo, man. Uh, that was super cool. Going nine for nine, even chasing that for a while, for a while. Um, you know, Tamara Walcott, holy smokes. What can he say about her fucking deadlift? Absolutely yeah. insane. Like sky is the limit for her showed up, did her damn thing. Christy Hawkins, her squat. I don't know what's more impressive. You know, the, the Walcott's deadlifter or Hawking squat, they're both mind-boggling at this point. Um, yeah, I, it's insane. Knows, Some people are just built different. That's <laughs> it. And honestly, Christy, would, like I said, what people don't know, Christy, like, tore her quad, like, three weeks out and Holy still shit. almost squatted 661. Like, that's what's, like, insane to me. Like, dude, she showed me her pic- a picture of her quad, and it was – purple blue swollen and she's squatting 405 the next day i'm like built different is all i replied was like what the fuck dude like yeah that's a year out for me you know what i mean like but I, for me dude the, the um, there was so many world records like i would like to like at one point figure out um once i fucking get home um uh, how many actual world records were broken i I don't want to like say this, but i i want to say that this may have been the most all-time world records and any like pro level meet, I could be completely wrong, but I think like we just kept hearing it, dude. I'm just like, yeah, nonstop, just again? all time world records. Yeah. you know, like it, it was, was crazy. crazy. Uh, was so, day one and day two, it was yeah, just I mean, record after record. So many totals, like I mean, we lost track. It, there were so many. Yeah, crazy. Gerald Dione, I remember he hit does day one in yeah, raps, he hit, um, tiny he and it, tough. So, so he um, doing his backflip that was awesome. Back. And then he did a backflip, um, yeah. you know, so that was cool for him because, you know, he, he wasn't able to do the curve because all that stuff that went on and a lot of people bad mouth him and he showed up, he weighed in, he did everything right. And he kind of like regained some momentum for himself and he just had fun. You know, the kid trains hard, parties like crazy and still somehow fucking like that was one of the things that people were asking him at the press council. Like, how do you still lift and you're in a different country and all you do is party and like, you know, he's just like uh, just having fun, man. It's like, geez, you know. And then he said his secret is when he's out partying and doing all that, he doesn't drink any alcohol. So he's out. And he's really? doing all that, but he does not yeah. drink when he knows he has a meet coming up. Okay, so he'll drink like he does drink, just not then. God bless him. Not some, during, yeah, not during some people can do it. Some people can stay out all night not drinking. That's tough. And you know, for me also, I just want to go back to um, to Danny because the the energy, like we've been saying, was so insane that even after he pulled ten seventy four, he still went and loaded eleven hundred on the bar, and that was that crazy. weight has never been loaded on a deadlift bar ever, only on squats, right? Like it's yeah. never been loaded on a deadlift bar. And he went and attempted it anyway. And I feel the only reason that didn't come up just because his thumb was just completely. Dude, you, the picture was bad. Bad. It happened bad. Third, but um, dude, yeah, that was honestly like, I think powerlifting, because that could have been like historical, like, like moment. And, and here's the thing. What people don't understand is he went 981, 1036, 1075, 1100. So basically four attempts over a thousand, like technically. Yeah, uh, like almost over a thousand, which was like to see him on the platform is insane. He's so big. His legs are fu- his mechanics. I mean, like to me, um, that was probably the coolest watching, even though he missed the 1100 watching him walk. Down, dude, people were chanting Danny, Danny, <laughs> like watching him walk down the aisle because I was behind him. Dude, I was like, I was choked up. ready to cry. And I'm like. 
this just I'm on the mic screaming and just seeing him walk down and like seeing him on the jumbotron and everyone was standing up and it was like the end of the day it was like this is it bro and 1100 pounds dude it took the spotters and loaders like they were so like it's so hard to, to load the, the, the kabuki deadlift bar one some company needs to come out with a new jack that's higher and wider because after fucking 600 pounds the plates sit on the ground so you have to pop mm. it up so like it took them like 25 minutes to, to fucking load that just because it was insane. Dude, it was insane. Like yeah. trying to pick it up. They, they had like four people picking it up and then sliding the plates on. And, uh, you know, um, but they, they did a great job. But yeah, I think just to the, and all over the board, dude, like every deadlift, I think that the red carpet for the third attempts was like awesome. Like, and we only did it for the third attempts, like just watching, and that's Josh a good Josh idea. Josh. Don't overkill. Keep it special. I, that was a really yeah, good call. Yeah, I didn't want it to be. And dude, guys with raps ain't gonna about to walk down that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but dude, there was people that were like local that just showed up. Like, there was a kid there that this was his second meet, <laughs> and he had like, and he's local. He had when he walked down the red carpet, people had bells, and it was just like, I mean, the, the, the amount of energy that it for certain people, and that was crazy too because it was like you'd see world records and people are going crazy. And then it's just be like a person who's hitting just like a PR total and still bells ringing, people going crazy. Like they were being treated just the same as someone that was going for an all time world record. Every lifter that yeah. walked down that red carpet, they all were treated the same way. And it was just awesome to watch. Like it, yeah. everybody had a seven Oh five dots. Um, yeah, she would have got, she would have got her squat her. uh, I mean, she went six for nine and still had a seven oh five dots. Like, yeah. that's stupid. I, I think what Mariana has like a seven eleven. So she was really. I think I could be wrong. I don't fucking. Yeah, I think but, uh, number two now. Yeah. 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 It's some. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh. You, yeah. You guys did a hell of a job with that show, and I think the calls you made were right. You know, you could go overboard. Break out the red carpet for all of them. Nah, it'll be dead. Break out the red carpet for all of the final final squat, final. Nah, it'll be. It's not. It's too much. Then it's not special. You did the right call where it's like you're finishing your day right now. You know, yeah. it's uh, yeah. So some of those videos that the live stream caught of them walking down was is John Hacks was John Hacks is already a gif and memes with, and all with the, the red with the yeah. red flag in the back. That was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, so our camera crew killed it that day. I mean, they yeah. worked so hard and they were on point. Literally, she has, brought their it, she has a guy named Berto. He's a monster, bro. I don't know, maybe three. He was the one. Class. Yeah, Dude. huge, huge guy. He was the one running back and forth on the red carpet as the lifters are walking. He's got his camera with the light and then he's just tracing back behind him. Yeah, the whole time. such a tough I job. Mean, it's, Dude, it, I, I was like, bless him. Good. He's like, man. I didn't realize how fast power lifters were because he was walking. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, yeah, yeah. He was moving. Running oh, back yeah. and he's like, yo, you know. Uh, and then they had I've like, never seen Berto move that fast. Yeah, he was, he was sweating, boy. That boy was sweating. <laughs> that was tough. He, That's he, tough. He, he, was, he killed it. But now they came out that those videos, like they just posted, um, A1 Digital just posted um, like the girls, um, like all just walking down on the carpet. And it was like, yeah, you that can was cool. See, you can see in their faces when they're walking down, like they feel like so special and so cool. And, and it, it just, it, that was like the, the coolness. And it's crazy because we have so much fucking footage that we're going to see that one like all year. I seen it. Yo, I you seen it. it. It was cool. That yeah. was cool. That was cool to see them walking down and just seeing like, 
them just, you know, I'm a powerless too. So I know that feeling. And it's like, I don't know what it feels like to be in that moment because like no one does besides the people that did the meet, you know? So it was like, just cool seeing him, um, seeing them do that. And the, the, the world records were like amazing and awesome. And like, you have Derek, you have Danny, you have Christy Hawkins, you have, um, so many people, even Amber, and, yeah, yeah Jawan and all that. And it was just like, all that was cool, but overall it was just all of it put together and everyone seemed like they had fun. Like the only thing that like, only one lifter said this and it wasn't like a complaint. It was more of like, he's a homie. And he was like, Hey, uh, and I didn't know this. And one thing that we always do at our meets is if the big guys aren't warming up, like if it's taking, if it's going too fast, I'm always like, Hey, I don't, my goal isn't to get the meet over with at, at two o'clock in the afternoon. My goal is to make sure you guys are safe and ready. We didn't know that, but I guess the big guys, cause we only had two monos mm. um, because it was tough to find monos. I'm on the, the, the West coast. No way I'm driving them up. So I think just maybe next year, adding a third mile for the big dogs and adding, adding more reds in the warm room might, might help. But those are just the little things that it's like, Hey, not complaining, but just, in, just in case for injuries, you know, cause he's big. I mean, dude, guys were Danny, dude, Danny, we had to build Danny Grisby a deadlift platform in the warm room. Because we knew if we didn't, he would have crushed the, he would have cracked the concrete. Yeah. His last warm up was a nine oh three. Fucking Jesus! <laughs> so we literally <laughs> built an entire deadlift platform, wood, carpet, rubber, just so like he wouldn't break the fucking floor, and me and Anna get sued out of our ass because <laughs> that would be expensive. So it was like, here you go. I was like, Giddy, this is where you deadlift for your don't delve down anywhere else because you crack these floors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bro. This is special <laughs> for you. You know what? Um, Andy actually said though, you were the guy that you would go back like, Hey, can we have five more minutes for warm up? Say less. You got five more minutes. Like you did your best. There'll always be something, but he was, he said you were extremely, you know, giving the attention towards the lifters. Like, what do you guys need? This is the, this were tentatively where we want to start, but if you need a little yeah. more time, five more minutes, whatever it is, what it is, but you know, it's yeah. You, look, there's always something extra you could go, but you guys did a bang up job. I mean, yeah. it's, it's been overwhelmingly positive. I'm glad because especially knowing how much you guys put into it, um, you know, it's somewhat, it's, it's somewhat a thankless job, but I'm hearing a lot of people say, thank you. So that's good. Hopefully you return, but dude, I'm already excited for next year. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I mean, I hope, and I think that we'll, we already are on a calendar for the arena. It's going to be three days next year. Hmm. Day one's be tested Two two meets one day, two flights of sleeved, two flights of non or two flights of wraps with a dots requirement of for the sleeves. It's our wait. I can't remember, but it's, it's high. It's almost 500. Um, we're up in the dots requirements on the pro on the non-tested days. Day two is going to be the same wrap day on Friday with now a 520 dot score. So everyone has to be over 520. Originally it was 475 for the first one, just because it's the first one sleeves we're doing um, on day three. And that's going to be, um, a 500 dot 505 500 or 505 something like that we have to have details but so that's what we're, we're trying to add a tested day because so many tested lifters were um hitting us up and they're like dude if you guys added a tested day like 
Uh, and it would just be cool to kind of do them all. Um, what was really cool is seeing how many USAPL lifters and IPF lifters that were there watching. Like I was very surprised because usually you don't really see that at these pro level meets because none of them are on the East coast too. But um, it was cool seeing like you saw, um, fuck, what was his name? Big boy from Ashton was there. Ashton was there. Oh, Ashton was there yeah. He was super cool. He came up to me and was like, man, this is, this is, this is cool. You know, it's cool to see, you know, the non-tested side kind of, evolve and step up a little bit so um that was cool you know and who knows maybe we get yeah, a few of those guys maybe if we go, it's fine there's plenty of i mean dude what people don't know is that uspa nats tested there was like there was steve goggins had three platforms like five days or something like they almost did like a thousand tested lifters so holy shit did you say 900 um, yeah i think it was like 900 lifters that yeah he had to it sold out in like minutes. And then he was like, uh, maybe I'll add a third platform per day. And then Chana and him are really close. So I don't really know how the details, but I think something crazy, like hmm. fucking 900 lifters, dude. Yeah. He had 900 minimum. He had 900 lifters, three platforms. And the yeah. non-tested USBA only had like 400. So what does that tell you? And that's what I keep telling people in powerlifting. Yeah. You, you, you know, the non-tested is cool and it's big, but tested is way bigger. There's way more numbers. I'm not talking totals. I'm talking lifters. Yeah. So we need to, we need to just, I mean, there's a reason why the USAPL and the IPF are so fucking big, dude. You know, like it's absurd how big they are. And um, I think we need to get a little bit better on our testing and how frequently we do tests and stuff like that. Those are details that we, we want to figure out just because like, because you say the word testing doesn't really mean anything until we like tighten it up a little bit. But I think it'd be cool to see, you know, I think there was some USAPL. There was, I think there was a USAPL girl that just did national. She did the meet. I can't remember her name, but um, she, she reached out and she was like, if you add a test today, I'm hundred percent going to do it. And I cannot wait. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens and how it affects the, national level meets on in other federations and you know i think it's just fair to add a tested day these tested these tested lifters are freaks bro like before i didn't really believe half these motherfuckers were tested because there was only one federation uspa didn't have tested and then all of a sudden i'm like how are these dudes so strong like half my gym like all the girls squat over 400 and they're all fucking natty i'm like what is why do i suck so <laughs> there's freaks out there i do like as well um just touch point uh earlier i wanted to bring this up the idea of the profit sharing idea where you're like if we could get some people who aren't winning the checks to be like if you could sell tickets that'll help us a because the people who show up are going to be you know buying drinks whatever the hell and you so and you can get incentivized um lifters like can you guys sell tickets What, what kind of percentage do you need to start selling some tickets and start helping that out. And it helps like, so now you, you, you will make a little scratch here and you'll make it a little scratch. Some people won't be into, I, I just want to come in lift. I got a full-time job. Not worry about the money. Say less. Don't worry about it. Not everyone's going to sell tickets, but yeah. some people will, some people will be like, okay, I got 10. Can I get actually more? I need 20. I get, you know what? I'm going to actually need a little more cool for some people. It's like, you know what? I might not have ordinarily been able to afford this, but because you're allowing me to sell tickets and get in here, some people are hustlers. I'm like, yeah, let me in. Let, let me, let me, they'll, they'll be your biggest sellers, right? They'll help you move units. So it's um, yeah, different ideas. That. Yeah. We tested that out by giving a coupon code 
uh, to the athletes. And majority of the ticket sales that we saw come in, especially in the very beginning, almost everyone used the coupon code. So that tells us that the athletes were giving out those codes. So it's, you know, we kind of dabbled with that. So I think for the next year, we can definitely experiment with that a little bit more and make it on a more individual by the athlete, give them some kind of like their own code or however it is that we want to work it out. Um, but it's, it's absolutely possible. And like merch or, you know, there's so many ideas where you could be like, of course, how do we profit share with these athletes who are going to be there? And they're like, um, even if it's merch and they're coming in with mom, dad, their boys. And you're like, you, if you want to buy merch, let me know, because I got to, I'll get us some scratch on it and I'll get you a discount. What all of a sudden now people are like, you guys make more cash. The lifters are making a little dough. Like there's not you, you guys are, it's good. Cause you guys are entrepreneurs who could sit down and be like, how do we do this? How do we make like the lifters get some money? We get extra money. We move more merch. We sell more tickets. We sell more drinks. I don't know how you work it out, but there's so many ways of just being like, how does everybody involved make a little bit more money? So you guys aren't in the red. You guys are making money. Volunteers get a little bit of scratch. You know, volunteers will sell tickets and shit too or whatever. And then the lifters themselves, different ranges be like, how do we help you guys out too? There's, you guys got a lot of opportunity and you got the entrepreneurial minds to be like, let's think about this. Like, how, how do we do this? You know, you got a year, you got a long time to think about it. So yeah, more, more than more, a year. More than a year. That's good. You got more than a year. Yeah. But, but it is a little scary now because now it's like, it actually happened. So going into this, we had nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> even if it fucking sucked, it didn't matter because no one done it before. And we tried it. We sucked. We failed. We're going to move on, you know, but now it's like, all right, we did it. Now we have to pull it off again. You know what I mean? Like, There's a standard. Now, now it's like now every- you're the Beatles or whatever. So the next album you put out, it's got to be fire. You know, be fire. You're in a fire album. Yeah. But we're going to be a meme on, on Instagram. And yeah. That, Told you they wouldn't do it. They, they did it one year and now they fucked it off. And, you know. Right. Yeah. So we're not trying to be a one hit wonder. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. what Three it is. You want this to be your greatest hits album by the end of 10 years. Right. Yeah. You know, like the now 29 or whatever. That's what we want to do. You ever remember right. that shit? That was now one and then fucking. Or yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Fast and Furious. They just keep coming fucking out. Like, what is Exactly. Right? There's yeah. like 15 parts by now. That's how we want to be. We have yeah. our farewell tours and all that stuff. Like, yeah. we're going to be at that level. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that, you- but I personally like that pressure. I like when people are like, can can they do it again? Da, 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 da. Like, I think that's just being an athlete my whole life that it's like, put the smoke on me, dog. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want the smoke. I don't want to. Which is why I am the way I am. I'm loud. I'm aggressive. I don't care. Like, uh, like I, I mean, I'll be honest, bro. I was swearing on the mic and I was looking in the crowd and some people were like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, and I think there's, you know, little things that we got to fix around with the, the live stream too is I, I didn't actually know that, you know, the live stream could hear me, but because we want to keep the live stream as professional as possible because mm-hmm. like, like what Anna was saying, if ESPN wants to come on and they hear me, motherfucker, like, and it might cause a problem. You know what I mean? So things that we got to tighten up and um, maybe, you know, I don't know, whatever, but. There'll always be things. Especially because this is your, your baby. There'll be things that you see, like it's, you know, like Joe Rogan talks about all the time. He's his worst critic. He's like, say what you want. I already know. Tell me the little things you think I missed. You don't think I've told myself that 20 times over. I've picked up everything I've missed. That's, that's how you get better. Certain people can self-reflect, you know what I mean? So um, there'll always be something as a whole. You obviously guys, you got an A and um, 
like Russell Lori said, because he's like, you know, he keeps winning in his weight class. Um, he's like, this type of pressure is a gift. When people, yeah. when it's the pressure that we expect the best from you, because that's how we picture you. Some people, oh, fuck, it's so difficult to live up to these expectations. It's so, no, no, no. It's a fucking gift that people look at you that way. That people yeah. put that pressure on you. That's what Russell's like when Russell gets that question. You win every year. How's the pressure like? He's like, it's a gift. I'm relevant. People care. The standard is high. I worked hard to make that standard high. Good. Good. When you think of me, think that way. And, yeah. and put the pressure on me to live up. Because I'll, like I'll come to scratch. Yeah, and no, I like that. And I like I've always been that way. Um, so I think now it's so weird, especially for me, because I've always been so selfish my whole life. And like, I never really cared about anyone. I just wanted to be whatever fucking sport I was doing. I had to be the best. If I wasn't the best, I'm going to find something else to do that I'm the best at. And, you know, with powerlifting, it was the same shit. And then I started hosting meets and I'm like, bro, like, this is a better feeling. And I still feel like, I guess I'm selfish because like, I have to outdo everyone else. Like that's the mindset in my brain. Like every other meet director, I'm shitting on you. Like that's my mindset. Not, I'm not really saying that out loud, but that's I know what you mean the competitiveness. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's just cool because it's like, and this is what I said. I made a post and I said, don't cause people, I don't know, dude, some, a few people have been like saying Dana white of powerlifting. I was like, I don't want that. I was like, I prefer to be like the Jake Paul because he talks shit. But at the end of the day, the sport of boxing, he's doing, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not really like into that, but I just, from social media, like, I guess he's doing things right. You know, people are buying tickets and he's doing this. Like, I don't really know. I don't follow him, but like people keep like tagging me and doing things like that. So like, whatever, I'll run with it, you know, whatever, you know? So and I think between me and her, it's like, she knows what she's great at. And I know what I'm great at. And I'm not going to try to walk on her toes and be like, Hey, you do this, even though you know what you're doing. Like I need you to do it this way or vice versa for me and her. So that's hard to do. You know, I've never really worked with a out, you know, outside my team, another partner. So like, um, but I think that we kind of pulled it off and like, she knew what she was fucking great at and I knew what I was great at. And let's just not be on each other's heads. And like, if you have an idea, hit me and I'll hit you or whatever, you know, instead of being like, no, you have to do it this way. No, 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 no. Cause no, me and her are, are, or half and half. It's not 60, 40. It's, it's, that's just how we are, you know? And, so. and, and like, it's good to have someone, if you, when you, when you're, when you trust somebody, it works both ways in, in a partnership like this. If you trust the other person, you could tell them an idea, you trust them, tell the idea. And then they trust you that if they have a critique of it, you're going to take it properly because they're, you're both trying to get to the same place. You know what I mean? Where there's a trust factor there. Where it's like, hey, I'm going to tell you an idea. It's okay to, if you see holes in the idea, it's okay. Uh, you know, yeah. and they have to trust you that like, are you sure? I could tell you it's, it's, you, you, it, there's nothing but that pulling each other to the center and keeping each other accountable. And when you find that right mesh, man, yeah, it makes it way easier. Yeah. Definitely. And, and my dude, um, I know we're getting at like an hour and a half. I'm going to let you guys go because it, it is Friday after all, but I appreciate you guys coming on, but I just want to say like, Micah, you know, you would say like, man, previously I'd be, this would be my, where I'd be looking out for myself, et cetera, dude, you've grown so much in the sport as a man, you know, yeah. you're giving back, you're doing major things, man. This is, 
this is bigger. Athletes will come and go. And Anna, you as well, you know, we're uh, athletes will come and go, right? And the hot, you know, social media influencers will come and go. But when you become part of the infrastructure in the game, now you're making changes. And when right. you when you become part of the infrastructure that forces other people to level up, now right. you're making serious changes. Now, when you leave, people look back and be like, who's the first one to take us doing this, doing that? Who's the first? And it is so much more impactful and you impact the full game, not just yourself and other people You will reach out, you know, and I could just my own experiences can tell you, man, it is fucking rewarding as hell. It's humbling at times. It's heartbreaking. It's all of those things. And all of a sudden it puts perspective. It's hot, like, you know, in the bigger picture. Um, that's what time, that's what time brings you, man. It, uh, yeah. It's that personal yeah. growth. The good thing is that me and Anna aren't like super old. So like we have, we're, we're, I mean, we're babies when it comes to like being entrepreneurs and being like, like anybody that's done anything has been older than us, you know? So it's like, as long as we can keep this momentum up, who, who the fuck knows where it'll be when we're 40? You know what I mean? I just think this is how we started. Oops. No worries. This. Um, this is how we started. This is our, this is our baseline. So we can only really go up from here, which... Well, I get comfortable, but that's one thing that I've never been. I've, you know, and that's uh, that's the one thing that's always been hard for me to, is to keep relationship is because it's hard for me to turn off all of this. You know, like my life has been surrounded by this. Uh, I lost friends, lost relationships, lost you know people in my own family. But like that's just who I am, and um, I just truly love being a part of powerlifting and i've been in powerlifting since it was before like a real thing and 07 is when i did my first meet and it's like to see that change and to actually be a part of it instead of just being an athlete is is really cool um regardless of what people want to say about me like um i and and this is something that i just made a post about i said i've always needed powerlifting to like survive my life and be a person or whatever but I'm at the point in my life where I don't need powerlifting anymore. I feel that powerlifting needs me um, because I'm willing to do things that just maybe that one person wants to do, but won't do, but now will do, you know, mm. um, any way I could to continue to do this. Like I'm just, dude, I, I tell people this all the time. Like I will not beat you because I'm going to talk shit about you. I'm just going to beat you. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna keep working harder and harder, dude. I barely graduated high school. Like that's what I always tell people. I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking smart. I barely can read. I'm dyslexic. I'm ADD. Like, if you text me, you know I can't fucking spell. Like, you were reading the fucking message. You're like, what the fuck, dude? Or my post or whatever. But it's like, if I can do this, anybody can, you know. And I don't. I've never been like a motivational speaker because I've always been just too focused on what I'm doing. But like it's kind of showing that even to myself, it's like anybody can do this shit. You know what I mean? If you, if you actually love something, that's the thing about me and Anna is we just love powerlifting, dude. And we want to see it be cool. You, know? you just have to have the heart. You can have the heart to do it. And if, you, if you're sorry, go, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that you have to have the heart and that's what we put into this. So I feel that it, the American pro was never not going to be successful because I know that Mike and I put everything that we had into it. And just like anything else, if you put your heart into something, there's no way that you're going to fail. It's tough. Actually, 
it's tough to beat somebody who's, who's that dedicated and motivated where it's just like, I'm going to give everything though. And it's like, yeah, but like, I mean, if it's, if I work 40 hours and I do another 30 on this, that's what I'll do though. It's like, yeah, so if you're not, not going to do, us. yeah, if it, it, it's tough when you, someone could have whatever background, whatever resources, whatever, when you are willing to go all in, you are not going to work that person. If you weren't all like that, if you weren't willing to, like you guys are willing to, then maybe you back away and do another goal. If you guys have the same goal, if there's something on the table and you guys all want it and you and your partner are going all in like that, then you're going to take whatever's on the table. It's, it's just, it's tough to beat. There's something about that tenacity, you know, it's, it's tenacity. And, and yeah. just that I will not be at work. That will sacrifice. Like you are not willing to sacrifice. I will bleed more than you're willing to bleed. So pick another date, pick another venue for going for the same date, the same venue, the same, whatever, because you're not going to, you know, that it's, it's, there's something about that. And it's intimidating. It makes you check yourself and your goals. When you hear people talk like that, you make, fuck, I'm not in like that. I thought I wanted it, but I'm not, I don't want it like that. I thought I was working. I'm not working like that. Probably not. Someone tell me today, um, they were like, oh, oh yeah, well, I saw you had the, uh, you know, the big video walls. Well, for our event, we're going to have 200 panels for our video walls. I'm like, you know, you could have 400 panels, but still not going to hit the same. You know why? Because you don't have the same heart and passion that Mike and I have. And that's what shows. We, we could have done this with 10 panels and people still would have been blown away by what we did because it's, it's not about the equipment it's not about all the fancy things for a show it's about what you put into it and that's what shows yeah I, I think I think um the athletes can feel when someone actually cares about the sport you know like when we're talking we're giving the meetings we're doing this lifters I'm fucking here for you we are here for you we don't want to give you red lights we're here to give you white lights we're not going to give you gifts but this is like stuff like that for me it's like I've been around so many shitty meat directors that just like and I'm not hating on anyone but just like growing up as a kid like going to meets it was intimidated to see a meat director and he looks all old and he's like you know just like it just intimidates me and it's like I don't want to give that vibe to an athlete I want them to be excited to see me. What up, dog? You know, like, are you ready? Let's fucking go, bro. Like, I'm in your face in the warm-up room. Like, you better put, you better, you know, like, it's time to shine, bro. Not like, hey, don't do that, you little fucker. Or, you know, like, um, because I'm, I'm an athlete and I know how intimidated it is. Or, and that's why we pick certain judges and we have judges who are younger and, like, we, you know, we have our spotters cheer on the, the lifters if they want it, if not, whatever. But, like, I don't know. I just been to so many meets, dude. And I've seen so many, just, it seems like they just want to get it over with, you know? And that mm. bothers me because how many meets as an athlete on the non-tested side, how many meets do you really get to do a year? So it's like, I want to make sure that the, the nine minutes that we get are important to everyone, regardless of who the fuck you are. I don't care. Like, and that's things that people were coming up to us saying, like, it didn't matter if John Hack was going or fucking, Micah Marino, no name, you know, whatever, you know, like we all felt the same energy of like, I'm on the mic or we're whatever we were on the live stream or whatever. And that same person, every person who walked up got that same feeling of like, thank you. You know what I mean? Like you made us feel special. And that's how I do my local meets, dude. Like I do press conference for people who have 300 dot score, like no disrespect, but like 
that's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to make you feel special because you make me feel special at all the fucking big meets that I've done. So it's only fair. You're the one buying my fight or quit t-shirt, buying my coaching. Um, it's not the pros they'll wear it. You know what I mean? But like, those are the ones that are actually making us a thing. So I want to make sure that they feel some type of way. I just dropped a meet today called the FQ Classic 3. It's the third meet we've done. In two hours, we had like 55 signups. And it's just another local meet. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's not like USBA Nationals or, or whatever where it sells out in minutes. But I'm just saying, like, this is in a federation that has less than 3,000 members in, you know, it's our third one. And it's, I mean, we're at like 50, 50 something signups. So that just shows that they're coming because not because of the Federation or because of it's in Las Vegas, they're coming because of what we're actually doing and how we're doing it. And I think that um, other beat directors just, they need to be in it for the right reasons. You know, at least that's what I'm in. And I'm, I'm in it at the end of the day, I want to make money because I've never had money. I've been poor my whole life living on my own. So I've been 14, you know, the story you've heard it multiple times, but so now that I get a little bit of success, I'm going to run with it, but it wouldn't feel the same if I wasn't doing it the right way for the lifters. Like I could easily just be like, you know what? Fuck all you guys. I'm just going to make a shit ton of money. And, but that's wouldn't make me feel good when I go to bed, you know, like I feel mm. good every day. I'm like, I'm living my fucking dream, dude. I'm literally doing everything that everyone said I wouldn't do. And I know Anna's doing the same thing. She has the best live stream in the United States. Um, and she's been on ESPN, dude. Like she's done fucking a lot of shit that other people haven't done, you know? So I know that feeling and I just always want to run with it, bro. And no matter what, it's it's just to, to just get a little bit better. And uh, it gets emotional sometimes, dude, when you're just like, is this really what I'm doing? I'm 31. Is this really what we're doing? Like we're really, we're really making something. Like I'm in my gym and I'm like, is there really this many people here? Like, what the fuck? I don't have hundred thousand dollars of equipment. You know, I got what I need, but it's just, it's rewarding. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, we, we really pulled it's, all this off. It's wild. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Rant. My bad. <laughs> don't get <laughs> no, me emotional dog. No, but it's true. You, you deserve to have a moment where you look back and be like, Holy shit. What are we doing right now? Like we just pulled this off. This is a, a colossal project to take on and you guys pulled it off, man. And, and now you get your scorecards and it's A's, right? Like you, you deserve to smell your flowers and it, you do have to have those moments to be like, holy shit, I, I'm, I'm proud of myself. You know, you deserve to say that. And it's, it's, uh, it's an, a monumental amount of work. When you're older and you look back, you'll, you'll, it'll be even bigger. You're like, I can't believe I was fucking doing this. You'll see other people your age and none of them are doing any kind of projects like this or, or they don't, they have no idea. They have no idea. Yeah. It's unrelatable to them. They'll be like, you just did this project on the side. Yeah. That was my side project. And yeah. it's, we'll see what it turns into, man. It's already a success. No matter what it's already done its purpose, man. But um, yeah, let's see what happens the year after that. And the year after that. We, we wanted to be the change, the, the change that the sport has needed. What we wanted to see, we decided to just do it ourselves. So there it is. Look at, I think that's a great way to end it. I appreciate you guys coming on this uh, forgiveness for, for having to push this bad boy back today, but I'm glad we got you guys on here. Uh, and the door is always open. You guys want me? 
drop me a DM. Mikey, you've already been doing that for years, my man. By all <laughs> means, um, jump in there and uh, I got you. And good luck. And however I could help, let me know. And, uh, and that's it. And for everybody listening um, on whatever platforms, give us likes, give us high ratings. And until next time, six pack lap it. We're out.